Hey, uh, y'all are tuned into Little War, syndicated on Right Wing Entertainment Squads and produced by Exodus Americanus by our wonderful producer, Roscoe Jones. We are so glad you could join us on this wonderful Czechoslovakian American Heritage Weekend. I am your principled autiste, certifiably, Mongoose Kikimora, and with me here is my excellent buddy Jack. Yo, buddy, still alive? Yep, alive and well. All right. So, how you doing this week? Oh, I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, laughing my my butt off at all of the uh, internet drama. But other than that, I'm uh, I'm awesome. I, I do love me some internet drama. I try to I try to start it up on. I mean, I was arguing with people about sweet tea this week on Twitter. I don't really have all that much against sweet tea, but man, it is very funny to get people bent out of shape about uh, sweet tea. So, you know, that <laughs> happened. I never I never really understood sweet tea, but we don't have to we don't have to go. Well, into it. I mean like I don't I don't really like it, but I mean I get why people like it, but where I live, um some people from other places randomly like okay, let's just put it this way. I have been places where the sweet tea is just nasty. It's too sweet. They like they like over sweeten it. Like it's three times as much sugar as every other everybody else's. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I. I mean, like I. I don't necessarily enjoy drinking my calories. I usually like to eat them in a uh, in a uh, nice uh, rare steak of some kind. But uh, yeah, I don't. I've, I've never really understood drinking a mountain of sugar like that. You know, I don't. I don't drink soda. I don't do any of that stuff so yeah i do particularly enjoy watered down kool-aid oh yeah yeah i don't yeah that's not really i don't really i don't really enjoy drinking sugar i mean like every every once in a while i'll have you know like eggnog during christmas or something like that but you know it's not really that's not really my thing i like milk i mean milk is great it's good I like uh, I like half sugar Kool Aid. I like Sprite. Sometimes mm. I like Coca Cola. I can't drink Mountain Dew; it's too sugary. And man, if I think an energy drink could just straight up just rip my intestines in half, and I'd just die on the spot, man. It's gonna be real witch chief. Uh, yeah, yeah. I used to be addicted to uh, energy drinks, but it's all in the past now. Energy drink addiction is not something to joke about. If you are addicted to energy drinks, reach out and get help. Reach out, get help. Reach out, uh, get help. Right. So i uh, I hear you've got a I hear you've got a a, a game that you're uh, that you're designing. I'm not designing a game, but I will tell you that it is Czechoslovakian American Heritage Week. Oh. Right, right. It yes. is Czechoslovakian American Heritage Weekend, and it is such because uh, my birthday is proximate to this time of year, let's just say. I'm not going to get too specific. Um, and uh, one of my buddies, uh, one of my old buddies, uh, sent me some um, Panzer 38 T's. You might be thinking, well, what the heck does that have to do with Czechoslovakia? Um, well, if those of you who are as well-versed in history as, uh, the people that wrote the Wikipedia page, which would basically be anyone who has access to the Wikipedia page for the Panzer 38T, will very quickly realize that this was a Czechoslovakian-designed tank. Um, and you might be wondering, well, well what does that have to do with anything? And the, the actual bit about it is that, uh... So when the Germans took over Czechoslovakia, they uh, they just kind of took a bunch of them and they took like the factories that produced them and they started producing the chassis and they made things like Hetzers and uh, uh, what Martyrs, uh, like Martyr tanks, like the Martyr III was based on the Panzer 38T chassis. So he sends me a box of them and I'm I'm gonna probably build about four. Martyr 138s, I think it 138Hs. That nice Pack 40 gun on them. Proxium is the 139s that they use in the mid-war because they're basically identical uh, in terms of performance. They just look different. I like the way one looks over the other one. 
mm. and I'm going to build one of them as a Panzer 38T because uh, Czechoslovakian heritage. Um, I mean, Czechoslovakia is a very special place to me. Uh, I do have like one ancestor from Bohemia. Uh, which actually means that, by Elizabeth Warren standards, I am like 120% Czechoslovakian. I'm like more Czechoslovakian than the current president of Czechoslovakia, according to Elizabeth Warren. So, do you do you have any cooking recipes from Czechoslovakia? Uh, no, but I do have a song. Oh, here. Yeah, Czechoslovakian American Heritage Weekend. Oof. So uh, when once I go offline, I'm probably going to spend some time doing session prep for a new campaign I'm starting, and uh, in exploring my Czechoslovakian heritage, Czechoslovakian and German heritage through these wonderful little plastic models. Um, <laughs> these are really, I mean, they are Plastic Soldier Company, and Plastic Soldier Company, they have really, really been coming through with some high-quality sculpts lately. Really a lot of good stuff coming out of uh, Plastic Soldier. I mean, they're a British company, and you, you can get other stuff. It's actually pretty cheap comparatively. And uh, I, I have to say, with like the, the rivet detail and the level of detail on these things, I mean, the, the assembly's a little bit obtuse, but it's not too bad. For uh, for like tank destroyers or whatever, for what you for what you get them for, for based on what you get, they're amazing. And these are some of the best uh, one one hundred scale plastic models I've had the pleasure of dealing with. They fit together pretty well. the The sculpts are actually pretty good. They assemble fairly easily if you can get past a little some of the obtuseness and kind of vagaries of the instructions. Uh, they're pretty good. And, uh, I mean, I, I definitely would not recommend Plastic Soldier Company models to, like, someone who's just... It's their first thing they've ever assembled. But once you got a little bit of experience, if, you're, if you've been in this thing and you know how to how to build stuff, you know how to, like, do stuff with it, you definitely should look into getting some Plastic Soldier Company if you're in, like, a World War II-type uh, game. Or any... Like, they, they do some stuff for, like, Cold War era stuff too. They do a lot of tanks and stuff for that too. Not too familiar. I don't play many cold, any Cold War games, but yeah, really good models. I'm I'm actually quite impressed. I mean, there's there's one gunner sculpt that has a little. Its all arms are a little long and weird, but everything else with these models has just been. I've been pretty impressed with it, and I like them quite a bit. They've been uh, they've been pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh... I'll have to uh, take a look at them. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're like, you know, World War II proximate, I would not recommend if you're a 40k guy going and getting this stuff because you don't really need it. But for well, historicals, I mean, they're amazing. I mean, I, I, it, it. I guess it kind of depends because the opportunities for conversions are very, uh, you know. Especially with especially with models like that, as long as long as they're approximately the size, I think that you can have a lot of fun with conversions. As far as that goes, I mean, if you're not playing at a GW store, I would definitely say go pick up some World War II minis, kit bash them with your Imperium and Chaos stuff. Oh, yeah. it totally works. I mean, if I was going to pick the game up again, I wouldn't play Lehman Russes. I'd just run Panzer IVs of German infantry for Guard Army. I would not use 40k <laughs> models just because, man, I just don't want to do that. Man, <laughs> it's too much money. <laughs> That's a big yeah. hit, though. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I I don't really like Warhammer from real. <laughs> I mean, like not anymore. Just the rules set. It's just I I've never. Mm, I don't yeah, I, feel like relearning the game to spend money on it. Yeah, I mean, like, I definitely if you if you are looking to get into it, I'm I would definitely point you elsewhere. But I mean, forty you know, k is got, one of those things. If you've got your heart set on it, go ahead. Yeah. You're gonna love it. But if you if you're like, I just want to play a war game. Yeah, you might want to miss that forty k stuff, Chief. Uh, I mean, I mean, forty k definitely has an aesthetic to it that uh, that is. That's that the only asset it has, though. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I mean, the rules. Bleh. You know, this is as far as I'm concerned. This is just a downturn in the rules, as far as that goes. I mean, you're not. There, there's no yeah. upturn in the 40k. Like, this is actually an upturn compared to, like, how things were in, like, 5th, 6th, and 7th edition, if we're honest, right? 
in some cases and others i i heavily disagree with that <laughs> but uh well yeah. i'm not the 40k player here so i'm gonna leave jack's expertise on that and if that's the case then that's going to be a definite oof from me well, i mean Ouch. it's it's i mean I, I i can kind of understand what where they're coming from as far as the rules go if you're a hobbyist but uh but just as a tabletop game, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, it, it, it seems as though they've made the rules. I don't know. We don't really have to get into this, but I, I, I they're a shape shifting opinion, game company. That's what they are. They're they're a shape shifting game company. Exactly. They 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 created these rules for their base and not, you know, for their. I don't know. I guess the lowest common denominator. Is a good way to put it. Well, you kind of want to. I mean, when when you design a rule set, you kind of want it to be a little bit stupid, but also to have some depth to it. And you got to balance those things, and you want to have a good, tight, balanced game. Some games do it, some games don't, and some games do it better than others. Flames of War at this point, I think, uh, if you can get past kind of the weirdness with the way the um, eras of the war are set up right now, uh, th- this summer they should be fixing some of that stuff. Um, it can be a little bit confusing, but other than that, like the base rule set is, it's got that kind of, it's got some, it, it's, it does it okay. Like it's not, I'm not going to say it's the greatest game ever designed because everybody knows that's Gerbsen. No, um, but it's a, it's a pretty good game. Pretty good game. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I, I am not going to say that you should go, uh, buy flames, immediately but you should definitely look into it look into things like bolt action like 40k is not the end-all be-all and if you can convince your local dudes to get into something else like hail caesar or something be cool play hail caesar i don't play it i think it'd be cool if somebody did though if you play hail caesar and you know anything about it or you have pictures send them to us we would love to see them I know I ask people to, like, send us stuff every episode, but so far we've got, like, actually nothing, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, like, the, the Monopoly that actually, GW I'm has. Actually, certain a lot of the people that listen to us don't actually play games, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know, for a fact, two of our listeners that I know do play role-playing games, but that's because one of them uh, is my brother, and I introduced them to them, and then he started playing them later, uh, not when I introduced them to him, uh, because it wasn't cool when I did it, apparently. And uh, <laughs> the other one is my roommate, who I actually play with, so... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, there's there's just a lot of uh, stuff with the rules and all that. And GW can't balance a game, and a lot of people, it's just difficult to melt. It is. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try harder. Well, yeah, and if you listen to our last week's episode, we went into uh, we went into GW's attempt to balance the game when really all they did was squish the numbers down instead of just, you know taking a good hard look at everything so well it's just like it's just like how do i it's that picture of the dude holding his hand up at the butterfly and it's just like breaking the game in a different way and it's gw is this game balance (laughs) (laughs) gw is playing whack-a-mole with the rules except like it's two moles and they're on a lever so when they hit down one the other one hit picks up and they poke hit it down it just goes back and forth they can't figure out how to like just you know like get rid of the bowls anyway Mm-hmm. They'll balance something in some way, and that breaks something else. Yeah, yeah, I'd uh, I'd agree with that. Good example is fourth edition when they introduced uh, access points to vehicles for transports. Yeah, but then I, they didn't restat the vehicles for the number of access points or where the access points were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. And I, I, I don't know. GW is just very uh, schizophrenic when it comes to those kinds of things. Schizophrenic's like, a little bit of an understatement. IMO. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like it's like okay. So what 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 do you want your game to be? Well, it's obvious that they don't want it to be a game. They just want to they just want to sell you humps. You know, like model plastic yeah no, I mean, they just I'm, want to sell you models gw is a games company when their models are bad and they're a model company when their game is bad so mm-hmm. they're actually neither right now <laughs> yeah oof oof, oof. 
over complex, over sculpted models. And again, just bring it back. You want some non over complex models. Plastic Soldier Company's great. Don't have to worry about really bad, um, really bad over complicated sculpts because if it's really bad and over complicated, that just means the real thing was really bad and over complicated. It's authentic, right? Yeah. I, I am very impressed with these. Like I, I looking at their website, it's kind of sketchy. Looking at their instruction manuals, you wouldn't get the sense that these are as high quality as they are. And these are some really, really good uh models. I, I have I, I I honestly could could not be any more impressed with this. Throw that throw that link in the uh in the chat box there. Uh to uh, what, the uh martyrs? Yeah. Okay. Let me just look it up for you. No, I mean, with the Plastic Soldier Company, they um, they do really good work. Uh, they they also distribute um, Zvezda. And Zvezda is a, again, based Russian overlords company. Slozhi vodka Rossi. company? They're not a vodka company. They make plastic models, like Plastic Soldier Company, for their own proprietary game. But... They, why can't they be both, then? Both a vodka company and a plastic model company. Because know. the manufacturing process for vodka is very dissimilar. Get on you know, that. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go into the technicalities of it because that would be boring. But basically, yeah, right. it boils down to you don't boil plastic. Mm. That's what it boils And you can't down ferment to. plastic. Yeah. Well, I mean. Mm. It depends on the plastic, I guess. I'm probably there's probably for plastic you could ferment. Would you want mm. to? Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> uh, a big maybe for me, champ. <laughs> yeah, that's a definite no on my end. So no, the um, I I, I shot you that link over, but Zvezda makes uh, really cheap one one hundred scale World War Two vehicles. Um, one of my buddies owns some Zvezda. Uh, some Zvezda IS-2s, some Zvezda Katusha rocket trucks, you know, those little artillery rocket trucks the Soviets had called the Katusha. He has some of those. And they're they're pretty decent models for what you pay for them. I actually own uh, two Zvezda Elephants and one Zvezda King Tiger. And the Zvezda King Tiger, for what I paid for it, which was like 5 bucks, compared to the 20 bucks I would have paid for a resin and metal King Tiger from Battlefront, then I filled it with BBs so it weighed more. Um, I could not be any more happy with that model. It is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just... I mean, it has a little bit of an f- issue with the sculpt and some loose fitting, but z- for the most part, it is just a really good model. I also have some Zvezda half-tracks. So they're fairly mediocre. They're not as exactly historically accurate as you would like, and their scaling's a little weird, but... Insofar as I needed like ten ha- or eight half tracks on the cheap, and I could buy them five bucks a pop, I'm not gonna complain. They're really for what you pay versus what you get. Zvezda's the best value in miniature wargaming, and a lot of their sculpts, like the King Tiger or the Elephant, are actually unironically very good, and actually sometimes do better than what you might even be getting at eight or ten bucks elsewhere. So, based Russian overlords once again. Yeah, I have no, uh, I have no, I have no problem with. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've even uh, been in contact with a few Russian uh, model modeling people, and they're they're pretty they're pretty awesome. There's there's there seems to be a pretty large uh, wargaming community in Russia. Yeah, Zvezda actually has a, a game they call it. Uh, I've never, I've never actually played because I can't read Russian. I've always wanted to try it. It's called, um, I think it's like Command Alert or something like that. No, it's it's Art of Tactic. That's what it's called. Art of Tactic is what it translates to in English. I'm fairly certain that's not a good translation. But <laughs> Zvezda does not hire translators. They hire good sculptors, and I'd much rather they hire good sculptors. Yeah, I agree. Uh, no, they're really good, really good models. Um, if you just want on the cheap, just a fun little kit to play around with, Zvezda Planar Tank is going to be fun. It's not too hard to assemble. Uh, it's so easy, I can do it. Uh, <laughs> check my Twitter, you know I'm not that smart. Um, and uh, they're, they're 
real good little kits, and they, they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty good for gaming too. So you can definitely um, look at their stuff. Very good. Mm-hmm. And some of their higher scaled stuff isn't too bad either for like actual just model planes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that there's Vesta running around. You know, you got some good model kits. Not there is not an ounce of pretentious over complexity upon them. Have you seen that video? What? Which video exactly? There's this great video, this neckbeard explaining why Hero Quest, this GW board game from the '80s, is the best game ever made, and he's like <laughs> totally overacting it. And he's like complaining. And one of the things he says is like, "The best thing about Hero Quest is the miniatures, made in the glory days before Games Workshop was destroyed from within. Any man can tell what these miniatures are from 500 yards away. I know because I've tested it with a team of Russian ex-Soviet scientists." Wait, 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 wait a minute. Is this esoteric m- miniature wargaming jahanism or something like no, that? No, 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 no. This this dude, he's like, he's like overplaying pl- it. He's just kind of being funny. Like, it's not like he's unironically, like, being this way. Hmm. Okay. Well. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to take a look at that. I haven't seen that. Does he have uh does he have other uh does he have other videos? Does he, he does he go videos, but none of them are actually that good. Does he go into how fourth edition D and D was the best D and D in existence? Or... No, because fourth edition D and D didn't come out in the eighties. Oh okay. there, there are like right. three kinds of people in our thing. There are people that like the new stuff because it's all they know. There are people that like uh the old stuff because that's when they came in, and there are people that like the unpopular stuff to make everybody else mad. Mm, yeah, you're you're one of those three people, whether you realize it or not. Um, I I haven't really found my niche, uh, but I will say that I am one of those people on Teej who's just like, have you tried not playing D and D to like every thread starter? Doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> Guys, how do we make the succub- succubus a non-sexual enemy? Have you tried not playing D and D? Yeah, uh, no. I think in I've that case, you. I guess I, I guess I guess it would be. Uh, have you tried reading the King James Book of Demonology? Yeah, good story prep right there. If you, I mean, like, if you, I mean, speaking of story prep, we should we should at least mention this the the Monster Girl wiki. Oof! Oh, it, don't it, it, don't. It's, oh. Been, it's been destroyed. Go ahead. Oh my god! Oh, I, it 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 hurts me every time. Every time <laughs> I you cry, bring that every up, time, man. Um, there is a Wikia, but as everyone familiar with the internet knows, Wikias are garbage and awful and not good. So, we have been outplayed by our enemies once again. The craven foe takes another skull. I'm literally shaking right now. I'm literally crying. This this mm. is the worst atrocity to take place since... Uh, Dude, I... Dude, I've got a maid game coming out. Now what am I going to do? Go to the Wikia or ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what about what about our average listener out there? The average Joe you who go just to the wants Wikia to play or you ask me. <laughs> I'm not like again, I uh I have very few standards, so I will tell you anything you need to know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I'm just It's just it's just so so sad. It really is. <laughs> it really is just very sad. Uh, it just is so awful. I mean... Well, I think, I think that's all we can talk about. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I guess, I guess like... Going down. I... <laughs> I mean, how much, I mean, how much more faux outrage do you want? I, I mean, uh, it's not—it's not faux outrage. Like, unironically, I'm very disappointed. Like, this oh, is yeah. this is extremely <laughs> like like if I'm if I'm honest with you, um, Sing, I'm actually tier. I'm actually like I'm actually like disappointed in this because it's it was it was a high, it was a great source of entertainment and it was fun to world build with. And it was a good shit posting thing. And now that it's gone, I just feel like like that was my like shit post source. I don't have a good shit post source anymore. 
What do I do? <laughs> I don't even know what to do, man. I guess if if I can't, if if I if I'm uh, I feel lost. You just you just do what everyone else does on Twitter. I mean, I'm on Twitter, but it's not as good. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna not gonna lie, like. I feel like I just ran into some hospital doors, talked to a woman behind the desk, talked to a doctor, and encountered a woman lying on a gurney. I just feel an incredible sense of loss. Not gonna lie. <sighs> just it's it's just so. I mean, I, just... I am I am like all joking aside. I am actually like I, I, the news came to me, and I was just like, Shit. that wasn't that wasn't ironic violin playing right there. That was. <laughs> I mean, legitimate some of it tears. Was, but some of it is actually just kind of like legitimate. I'm legitimately disappointed in the world right now. I'm just frustrated. Not even Monster Girl wikis are safe. Nothing is safe from the tendrils of internet awfulness that will destroy and remove everything you love. What are we like? My buddy's like, yeah, it's going to the wiki, but it's censored there. No, and I'm like, well, no. The worst part about a wiki is that its UI is awful and it doesn't load correctly. I don't care about the censoring. Like, I'm not. I'm not going there for for that. Like, I'm going there because I find it hilarious. <laughs> why, why do I care if it's blacked out? The fact that the text is still there and the text is some of the funniest stuff you will ever read in your entire life. And some of it is is actually thought provoking or good for world building is why you go. <laughs> so I mean I guess the wiki move your wikia move isn't so bad, but it's a wikia, so still disappointed. Oh yeah, that's that's the platform that has all those ads on it. It's got all the ads, it takes forever to load. Have if you've ever been to the forty K wiki, which is a wikia uh, you know what we're talking about. It's just awful. The 40k wikia, like, it's just easier to go to 1d4chan, which is, like, wrong half the time. And the, and the other half, the jokes make you cringe. The, the, the jokes are actually really bad nowadays. It's, it's, gotten, it's gone downhill. Yeah. The people that edit it are just not the best. They're not sending their best. They really aren't. The funniest thing is people bring it up on, like, other places, and people... You can generally tell, like, what kind of person somebody is if you just bring up, like, 1D4chan, how they feel about it. <laughs> I, I literally know a guy who gets all of his advice from 1D4chan. Oh, did you check that 1D4chan page? Oof. Yeah, I know. The worst is people that... Okay, so 1D4chan has a lot of the old, like, funny stories about role-playing from, like, early internet days of, like, the early 2000s and stuff. Worst part of that is people that, like, show up and think they're clever and original for, like, copying stuff they read online or trying to emulate it. Like, to quote a man, you're not as funny as you think you are, Reddit man. You're not as funny as you think you are. You're not, you're not as clever as you think you are. I'm not as clever yeah. as I think I am, and I even, like, am cognizant of that, and I still screw up. And you're, like, unironically trying to copy something on a wiki you read somewhere or you saw on Reddit. Just no. Stop. Yeah, stop while you're ahead, which which was before you posted. What you, yep, what pretty you much. Said. I mean, yeah. but it's not even, like, posting. It's, like, if you're going to play a game, like, first of all, if, you're, if your, like, idea of what a role-playing game is comes from like a freaking podcast like not like 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 people playing on a role-playing game not not like our actual podcast uh you're uh no you're objectively like misleading yourself as to how the game plays how it reacts like you're watching people that do this all the time it's it's not going to be the same you're either going to be disappointed you're not going to get it I mean, I mean, not our. I mean, we we try we try to give you the best possible. Uh, well, no, and what possible. I'm saying is, like, if you just watch other people play, right? Like on online. Oh yeah. If yeah, you want to get an impression oof. for what a game actually is like, go sit with a real group. You're going to very quickly realize that you'll they'll take like 20 minute digressions so they can watch a YouTube video and yell at each other about it, or like everyone will get up and start dabbing, like intensely while they play some music. I'd really, you know. Now that you mentioned that kind of thing, I really want to 
run a game with a bunch of these people because because I really I really want to be just the the absolute like 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 you know I I I want to be the 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 god that smites these people. You know, that's, I, I don't. I, I don't want to. Do I, I have. I have. I have fantasies about doing that. Like, <laughs> like, like DMing a, a roll twenty group. Whatever. Or whatever just, floats your boat, you sick bastard. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's pretty. It's it's pretty degenerate. I, I, I sometimes I just just a different note. Sometimes I go back and listen to our stuff. Like I'll listen to like twenty minutes while I edit it. And man, I have to say, I have the worst laugh imaginable. I I would like to apologize to all of our listeners for my laugh. You know, I didn't want to say anything, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know you didn't want to say anything. I get it a lot. Like it's it's really bad. I don't even know how to fix it. Like, I guess I'm not going to be able to follow uh, the best dating advice of all time. Uh, just just improve yourself, and the girl will find you. NRX dating. Uh, become worthy. Uh, Except GF, become worthy. Except Chad laugh. Be, yeah, basically become worthy. Except Chad laugh and people liking you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I like you. Yeah, well, and a lot of people like me. A lot of people don't like me. Uh, I just don't have a good laugh, so I want to apologize to everybody for that. I I don't even. Yeah. So. On that end, uh, so uh, we were talking about roll running for these like roll twenty type people. Oof, yeah, I mean, we keep telling Jack and I like behind the scenes keep saying like, oh, we should like live cast like simulcast or like react to one of these things or at least record our reactions and then like post it. Not gonna lie, Chief. I don't even know if we could get through it. Like, it'd just be like a suicide <laughs> pact. Like, you, you guys would show up, and it'd just be us killing ourselves on stream. Like, why would they do this? Why, why would we subject ourselves to such things? Well, I mean, I guess the answer to that would be for comedy entertainment. Like, I do enjoy laughing at retards on the internet, honestly. I mean, that is fun. Somewhat. But... It's it's also another thing entirely when these people are like actually actively ruining your hobby. <laughs> just like just like Todd Howard ruined role playing games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about that last week. We don't need to like rehash it, but still. Yeah. Right. Well, Dungeons Dragons isn't Skyrim, and you're stupid. That's uh, that's too long to read. That's pretty much it, Chief. Yeah. You're dumb. You're dumb for liking. Uh, you're dumb for liking Fallout because it makes you a normie. And uh, Dungeons and Dragons isn't Skyrim. Go now on. wait a second. Reddit. Wait a second. You didn't like Skyrim. I never played Skyrim. Oof. You never played Skyrim. I do know that Dungeons and Dragons isn't anything like it. No, I've yeah, never played Skyrim. That's... Why, why, why would I need to play Skyrim? Everyone else around me has played it, and they've told me about it. <laughs> yeah. Well. That's probably a good idea. I'm not pre-ordering it for when they re-release it for the 20th time on the yeah. Nintendo Labo or whatever. Oh my god! Don't 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 get me started. This isn't a video game podcast. I can't I can't get I can't get started on this. I mean, the nice thing about traditional games is that you can really talk about anything with them because you can make a traditional game like role-playing game setting around anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I recently did make a uh, adapt a sci-fi setting to D and D, so that was that was an entertaining endeavor. Didn't realize what my players would do when I called a sea the milk sea, so, you know. Now everyone's talking about uh, what mandrakes come from. Oof. Listen to our last episode to get that deep lore. Deep, deep lore. Yeah, my uh, my friend is actually uh, creating a, a Christian-themed uh, role-playing game. Like a like a modern based Christian role playing game. We don't have to get we don't have to get too far into it, but he's you know. Generally, when something's made with like an ideological basis, it's either going to be trash or it's going to be great. <laughs> um, some examples include uh, actually Rahoa and Myfarog. Uh, those of you who know what they are, know what we're talking about, and those of you who don't know what we're talking about, don't need to know. Mm-hmm. Long and the short of it, but yeah, I actually it's, knew it's, a guy who like tried to convince me that My Frog was a good game. I'd have never played it, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, my guess is it's probably better than D and D, but 
Yeah. Or at least modern D&D. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to, like, try to fight Super Lutheran on, like, like AD&D was great. I'm not going to say it wasn't. I'm just going to say that modern D&D is, like, one of the worst games you could play. Well, and on, yeah, I mean, like, we, we I don't, I don't really want to get too far into, like, system posting right now, but... I mean, it's, you know, system posting is, or, well, I mean... It is a valuable endeavor, though. It is a valuable endeavor, but, I mean, really, you just, I mean, my my thing has always been, I will play whatever system as long as you make it enjoyable. Yeah, you know and I mean? you can make any, the right group can make any system enjoyable, but sometimes you just don't have the right group. So you just have yeah. to align the system for fun. Yeah, getting getting autistic about your system. I feel like there's there's a breaking point where you just become, you know, well, all right, we don't we don't have to play if you don't like the system, you know. Yeah, I mean, the problem with it is that D&D is like the go-to for everybody. So, if you if you want to play like 75% of the time, you're just going to be playing whatever edition of D&D is popular right now. Mm. Or Pathfinder. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which I believe they I, they didn't just come out with this, but they came out with a Starfinder. I think. Yeah, I've called. seen people play it. It the Pathfinder player base is extremely off putting in person. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I feel. I feel like Pathfinder or uh, Pezos, I think, is the parent company. Lost quite a few quite a bit of market share when fifth edition came out because yeah. people people jumped back on to D. Because people forget like Pezos was founded because they didn't nobody like the way, fourth edition. Nobody liked fourth edition. They didn't really Except like for the some way, people that are on online com- claiming they actually still play it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. Uh my first exposure to fourth edition was the D and D player's guide. I read it for fourth edition when I was a lot younger and I didn't quite entirely understand what I was reading and doesn't make much sense because again D and D divides all the rules between three rule books, so Well, I mean like like living through that period of time, I remember Wizards of the Coast being an absolute juggernaut when it comes to the stuff, and Pezos was legitimately a, a, a consumer uh, revolt against and Not Wizards anymore. No, not anymore. Consumers but I mean, revolt against Pezo. I mean, I think I think it was, yeah, consumers must, consumers rise up, right? Uh, modern <laughs> world building, as we said last week. Yeah. But, gamers, but I mean, ri- traditional gamers rise up that's right. Bottom is this text. Where we, is this where we get the elf GFs? No, that's in the uh, that's in uh, that's in the Monster Girl wiki wikia 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 now. Which but you uh, use for world building when you can acquire when you, when you when it is available. <laughs> right. But living through it, it was it was it was a pretty interesting time because uh, because I actually went to one of the Gen Cons where. Uh, you know, Pezos wasn't as big as it is now, but it was still, you know, it was still rising. And uh, there, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, I talked to one of the lead developers on it, and you know, we were we were chatting back and forth. He was a pretty, he was a pretty cool guy. But uh, I don't know, yeah. Pezo, their mascot is a golem, and that tells me everything I need to know. I mean, my first role playing game was actually Pathfinder, and. If I was not like already basically devoted to traditional games at that point for two years with uh, 40k, I probably would have left uh, traditional gaming generally because of how awful that game experience was. Didn't help my DM was not the best, but. Well, and I mean, I think I think a lot of people have a have a um, fond memories of Pathfinder because uh, their group, their their role playing group, kind of evolved out of 3.5. And this is this is kind of like the Gen X of <laughs> of uh, of D and D because because you on on the one hand you have people who really enjoyed AD and D and look down on the three point five players and then you have the three point five players who look down on the fourth edition sips right yeah I'm I'm just I'm just mowing my lawn here and playing some Pathfinder yeah yeah this is but, like a this is a real thirty-year-old boomer type conversation, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, th- this goes back to my earlier point in that 
you know, if if you've if you've had the same group ever since the beginning of third edition, right? And you're you're moving through. Well, of course, Pathfinder is going to be uh, is going to be good memories for you because you know your group has been evolving. So, I mean, this actually brings me to a very very good uh, take I saw online the other day. Is some guy pointed out um, it was an old take, but it had been reposted in a relevant discussion, and some guy had pointed out that um, he was like, when you say when you criticize D and D, you you forget that like while you're making like entirely legitimate uh, criticism of the rules, nobody actually plays D and D. And what he nobody what, cares. What he meant was. Yeah, you, you're criticizing D&D, but that's not the way their group plays it, because D&D is such garbage that every group that plays it, it constructs a ton of house rules around it to make it make sense and be remotely playable. So when you make a critique of the rules, well, their group is already has their own unique solution. You, so it's not their D&D you're criticizing, so it doesn't matter. D&D is still a good game to them. But it also <laughs> means that the system's incredibly ununiform and... It's actually nearly impossible to talk about with people because their group always does things differently than your group because that's the inherent sort of uh, sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, in order to play these games, you do need a system of some kind, right? So just just making your own thing, since you're such a big-brained, uh, you know guy talking about it on the internet making your own thing is usually not usually what you do is you take a system and then you modify it to do what you want it to do and you know and that's, systems actually have room for modification or suggestions the problem is D just stock just is awful but the, you have to modify it so heavily too that it's almost an entirely different game yeah, and and honestly, I mean, I I I honestly don't think I've played an unmodified game of D anD. d Nobody has. Yeah, there's always and that's, some change you have to make. Like, in, I'm, in I'm fact, getting ready to run one right now. Uh, just yeah. don't want to cut you off too bad, but the modification I'm making is uh, long rest has to be in a civilized area in order for it to count. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's a that's a that's a pretty good one. Um, I'm, I know, I know, I know. My friend who's going to be running the uh, the Christian campaign in a modern setting, he's going to make his own rules for guns because they don't they don't do because Fifth Edition doesn't do guns or any D and D doesn't do guns. Edition. Well, D twenty no. doesn't has a lot of trouble with guns. I'd say the system that does guns probably the best. Uh, Savage Worlds does them pretty well just because of the how low the damage thresholds in Savage Worlds are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just count as whenever you get hit and you don't take damage, it's just like a near miss. And whenever you do get hit, it's like a non-vital hit and a wound. Yeah. If you well, understand yeah, the rules in that way, his, it makes a lot more sense. That's but, his idea. And, and he was he was actually going to... Uh, he was going to restat all the guns so that they did like 1d4 or 1d6 damage, but their critical range is like 16 to 20 or 15 to 20, and their critical damage is like times 5 or something like that. That that makes some amount of sense. I was actually reading about a Brazilian role-playing game because Borzoi told me I should move to Brazil because everyone there is a principled autista like me, apparently. And I was like... <laughs> Not gonna lie, might consider it. Um, if, if there may actually be a point where we're broadcasting this and I'm simulcasting from Argentina or something, which would actually be pretty rad. I've considered it. Like if I just get bored with America, I'd probably move to South America. Not, not Uruguay. Uruguay, Argentina, or Southern Brazil are my choices. Mm. Anyway, um, this role playing game. This was before they had D and D because they couldn't import books because a long, complicated story with the military junta and importations and a bunch of stuff. Anyway, what ended up happening was the um, they uh, they had this role playing game, and the, its unique factor was that it had two pools of intelligence, uh, um, health. One of them represented like your morale and confidence, and the other pool represented your actual physical uh, ability. And only one of them increased with your level, which was, like, your morale and confidence. The other one stayed the same. So if you were drowning, it went off your physical. But, like, if somebody swung a sword at you, it subtracted from your morale, not because it actually hit you, but because it was a near miss and it, like, shakes your hero up a little bit. And once you're already shoken shoken up and you lose all of that, then they start doing damage out of your physical health. And this was their way of explaining why you're... uh, You become more resilient without actually increase... Without actually getting any, like 
physically like stronger or tougher. Your skin doesn't grow tougher between levels. So that was their way of explaining it. I thought that was a pretty mm. cool uh, explanation of things, and I think it could work pretty well with the guns too. Yeah, no, I was thinking I, about that, and I was like, the, the the baseline idea sounds really cool. I'd actually like to play this game if, if I spoke Portuguese. <laughs> also, like the five. Maybe we can get a translation. One of the funny things about Brazil is that um, a lot of their early role playing games, they had to just get them from America. So, like all the role playing people, either were people that already knew English or they learned English from role playing game rule books. Hmm. Like the guy that was writing the article was a Brazilian, and he was actually explaining he learned English from, I think it was Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> Oh, are you serious? Yeah, no, he That's was explaining how he had, like, his cousin brought the book back or something, I think was it, or some, somebody had brought it back, and he bought it from, um, and he uh, he learned English from it. How did you learn English, gay vampires? The, <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. Also, the, apparently, they had a similar, like, scare with role-playing games back in the 80s, that like, late 80s, early 90s, that, like, Americans did, and he, like, makes the point, like, even we even import America's problems in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now they're starting to import American solutions, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, I don't think it would be an American solution. I'm I, looking into that guy. Let, let me just say uh, he's a. Let's just say he's actually a solution. <laughs> um, but let's yeah. just leave it at that. Um, it, yeah. Let's just say that uh, certain things happen. I may actually end up uh, moving to Brazil, just unironically, just be like, yeah, no, screw you, people. I'm moving here. Anyway. Um, so, no, I, I thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah, you can handle guns that way with a role-playing game. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, like, and and that's, like, like some, sometimes I'll talk to people about this and they'll interject and say, well, but two health pools? That seems kind of kind of obtuse to, you know, to juggle or whatnot. Well, okay. And do, do, you, do you play, like, uh, I don't know, Final Fantasy? You got two, yeah, you got two pools there. Exactly. You got your mana pool. You got your health pool. Well, all, well, since D&D effectively treats spells like item uses uh, that recharge, you don't have to worry about a mana pool. Right. Boom, done. And right. it's not even so, like two, well, it is kind of like two health pools. But yeah, no, it's easy. Yeah, and and this this could also lead into variation and everything. I don't know. I I don't I don't have to go you into You also all don't the, need uh, any like willpower stats in that kind of a game because your willpower is covered under your first health pool. So then that section of the game is already simplified. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's pretty much what my friend uh was uh describing. He's like, "Yeah, you know, if you get if you get grazed or you or you almost get shot, that's like 1d4." Uh, damage, but then if you, but then the critical represents an actual like hit with the with the with the bullet, you know. Yeah. So guns, guns can be incredible. Well, they're supposed to be incredibly lethal. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, one of the games I found that actually deals with uh, that kind of stuff the best is Deadlands, and we've talked about that in the past. But Deadlands is a really good system, and it deals with a lot of things really well. Um, but it deals with guns fairly easily because damage is just dealt out a ton in that game, and uh, your actual health is your res- is like your resilience and will to fight in that game. So you're not actually like you may not even physically die when you're defeated in combat. Yeah, and and I, I I've I've really been a fan of the kinds of games like that that are that are just very quick hit. You know, uh, you know. Uh, you know, you could die at any moment. Type games. They're not the uh, the the hero uh, hero worship type type games where everyone is a, a is player character. Too many, too or sorry, too much health. Yeah, yeah, way too much health. So, yeah, like like Call of Cthulhu. That was that was one of my favorite. Uh, role playing sessions to play in Call of Cthulhu because because I I just kept. One, well, one of the reasons was because I kept getting lucky and my guy kept surviving, which was which was funny. He eventually died in a very uh, in a very hilarious way, but I don't need to go into that right now. So, no, no, no. Character uh, again, guns are very difficult to deal with. There are a lot of settings that are deal with them well. Dark Heresy does too. Just throwing another one out there I'm, I'm sounding repetitive at this point but there are a lot of there are a lot of systems that do guns better than D&D mm-hmm. I agree with that 
And sanity better than D&D. <laughs> well, D&D is not designed... The, the thing is, is you want to play a horror game, try actually playing a game designed for horror, right? D&D is a swords and sorcery game. I get that people like it, but you're not supposed to play it for, like, things other than, like high fantasy that's what it's designed to do it's like you don't go and you don't go try to like hunt a deer with a uh, full choke pheasant hunting rifle or shotgun you don't go try to kill a deer with bird shot this makes me this makes me wonder if there are there is like a a a central database for uh, D&D uh, different, different, like you know, different versions of D and D. What you do you know? mean, like different D twenty systems? Well, like Call of not, Cthulhu, or yeah, I guess. But but I mean, just like homebrewed type different systems. I would be very interested in that kind of I, thing. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think you're better off using a different game if you're trying to homebrew something through like d20 modern exists but i don't think it deals with modern stuff as well as it could because d20 is adapted out of a miniature war game that was used to simulate medieval combat it it just doesn't fit together well you know yeah i agree i agree yeah so yeah are there any uh are there any specifics about this new uh this new uh I've been I've been very curious about this. Well, um so the uh the game itself uh I actually have a very specific idea of where I want to go with it, but I think some of my uh players may actually listen to this. And Ooh, if and, yeah, and yeah, so I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it. I will say that I am stealing large sections of the plot from an anime I'm 100% certain none of them have watched. So well, we've, we've all done that, I believe. Everyone has, but I'm particularly good at these things. I will just steal. I steal entire characters, NPCs, all sorts of things. Sometimes they even keep these names the same and nobody notices. <laughs> I am an evil person in that respect. But um, I'm 100% certain they're not going to figure it out, so that's, that's going to be fun. Uh, it's just lifting large sections of that. And the backstory is pretty interesting. There's like not Europe, and then a while back, uh, um, this goddess stole a god, and his sisters got into a big fight because he wasn't there to like do thought patrol, and um, that mm. caused a giant war, and a bunch of demons took over like southern deserts and displaced the dragon people, and then the. Uh, the Russians and the Animu Beastmen are like the first line of defense and not Serbia and, you know, normal stuff. So it's basically World War One. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I mean, like, it's more like Ottomans, uh, I guess, if you wanted to draw a comparison, but it's really not. It's, it's... It's, when is it? When is it? When is it not Ottomans? Though. I mean, honestly, if if you're if you're running a D and D campaign. Yeah, they um they're like if you've got a high fantasy game and they're like, Yeah, no, there's this enemy from the outside, you can be a hundred percent sure it is the not Ottoman Empire. Uh it doesn't matter even if they're trying for it not to be, it will come across as such just because of the way high fantasy is written. I mean if you were to, if you were to read D and D them in the most realistic manner possible the only reasonable conclusion you can come to is that Tolkien was fictionalizing uh, Lothrop Stoddard's uh, The Rising Tide of Color Against White World Supremacy is a mm. decently accurate reading of the book. Interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd have to look into that further. Um, it's just Tolkien's a lot more optimistic than Stoddard. Um, but, but the other thing about it is that, you know, you can also read it as, and I think the most accurate reading is, and I, I think we've gone over this, is that it's just a, the final result of sort of Northern European Nordic culture is what it is. Is that is that a depressing uh, narrative to spin? or No, it's it's just that, that this is this book is like the, the, the ultimate creation of it. I'm, that's what I'm saying. The book doesn't represent like its futures. It's not like an allegory for anything real. It's just sort of a story told within this cultural lens that fits, that is like the quintessential like Nordic culture story. 
is what I'm trying oh, to say. That's I'll have to take saying. a look at that. Because, um, like, I, and I, I was ranting about this last week when I was complaining about the D&D setting, generic one. Uh, a mm-hmm. large portion of this just comes out of the fact that Tolkien was, was basically drawing on a lot of the Norse mythology and sort of this uh, Anglo-Celtic mythology as well, along with, like, Christian metaphysics to create his setting. Mm-hmm. Which, which, you know, was his setting, and it, it was, it was, it's heavily influenced by this cultural milieu, milieu and it doesn't exist without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't really, I mean, I've, I've, I'm pretty much one of those uh, role players that accept uh, Tolkien and don't really uh, see. I I'm don't a, really delve too far into it. I'm of the mind that if I don't truly understand where all this stuff is coming from and like the moral priors, I can't accurately like simulate or recreate it. Right. So I'm I, I have spent an inordinate amount of time attempting to try to understand like the way medieval things worked and pe- medieval people thought and looked at the world and such, which is why I get so frustrated with modern like world building and stuff because people don't do that. And I feel like it's an insult because I put in some like effort, some minimal effort, I guess you could say some amount of effort to try to understand it. And I'm not, not going to say I'm an expert on medieval thoughts, but I'm going to say that, you know, I'm somewhere between the average layman and like someone who's actually educated on it. I mean, I, I know some things. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's it's insulting to me that I've like, you know, took my time and I've, you know, I spent some time like actually reading actual theology to try to understand the, um, the implications of certain, uh, what you would call... Uh, the implications of certain thought patterns, like how did they view the world? How did they metaphysically see the world around them? Things like that, you know? What were their moral priors? How would they have thought about this, 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 and this? And so I've put in time on this, and now I'm now now it's just like, you know, no, medieval people were just modern people, but without showers. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I I think it's good to highlight here the moral priors because uh, because that's I mean like if you're I don't know. I, I don't want to say if you're looking to give your uh, your game character, but honestly, the it helps it helps understanding different moral priors and where they stem from, so that you can create worlds that feel authentic. I guess. I mean, you you're say. never going to convince me that a group of people that thought that like semen contained virile essence and therefore created poisonous plants when you hung someone and it squirted out of them, which they also believed happened, uh, would would view like sexuality the same way we do. Right. Cuz that's right. Im- it's a near impossibility. <laughs> they have a mystical view of the way like sex works. Right. And that and that can and that can be expanded to uh to different to different areas. Some and, superficial and you... behaviors are similar, right? Like like people always point to like, oh well, here's a drawing in the margin of this illuminated text of a dude with his dick out, right? And this is somehow evidence that the the pre moderns were all perverts, well, just like we are apparently, right? And and that's a bad argument. It's dumb. As as a mentor of mine a long time ago, a man I learned quite a bit from on the internet would say, "Not an argument," because it's not. It's stupid, and it my, doesn't. <laughs> my ancestor. <laughs> right. They're looking back at him like modern degenerate. Yeah, yeah, looking back at it like my ancestor, but it's not, and it doesn't. Ah, uh, I'm going. I'm going back into my tangent, but it's it's worth repeating. That's the thing. Is that the 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 medieval man was as similar to us as he is dissimilar, and he had more in common with the ancient Greek than he does you. Mm-hmm. True uh, that. Because you and him are separated by the internet and the six or 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries, which saw a large amount of moral shifting and moral development. Uh, development is in, like, change, not development is in, like, it was good. We are not a Whig history podcast. We aren't NRX gang, but uh, reject Whig history, become worthy, accept audience. Mm-hmm. 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 I, can, uh, I can agree with that. No. So, again, like, basically what I'm saying is uh, 
read some theology, uh, become, uh, become go to traditional church Bible study, uh, accept medieval moral priors, world build is, is what I'm trying to say. Play, play grown up pretend with friends. Play grown up pretend, but have your grown up pretend be significantly more inspired and, and well understood. You know, totally, totally. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I always put in a lot of time to figuring out my game. Like I ran a game about a not Russia BMP crew in a fictional fantasy world. And uh, I, I put in a lot of time to understanding how BMPs worked, what the interior was and explaining it in detail to my players. That yeah. game fell apart very quickly because nobody was as fascinated with the inner workings of the BMP and like AK 47 squad tactics and like, like Russian motorized brigades as I was. Uh, ah, that's why okay. I've always wanted to play the world war three fighter plane game. As in, like, I've always wanted to run a game about World War Three and, like, Soviet fighter planes, but nobody wants to sit down for four hours and just talk in a Russian accent and about, like, vectors and heat-seeking missiles. <laughs> can I, can I, can I talk about vodka? I mean, you can't drink and fly a plane, so no. That's, that's the thing, is, like... You would you, you would go that's into the very game. You're wrong, comrade. Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> the um, that they they, uh, it's like Mister Mister Kikimura. No fun. No fun. No a lot. Fun. Well, you're allowed to have fun as long as the fun involves like violence and not vodka or not getting drunk or sex. Those those aren't fun. Jesus doesn't <laughs> like those. But Jesus does like you smiting his enemies allegedly. Mm. No, now I'm I'm just kind of memeing there, but like honestly, it's like one of those things where it's like I don't know, like a lot of times, especially female players will be like, you give them like, oh yeah, here's how you can summon a demon, and they're like, well, I'm summoning a sex demon, and you're like, well, great, <laughs> great, just just have to roll with it, man. I mean, I do. I mean, again, you would think that I have, like, absolutely, like, no inhibitions, and I'm just, like, this weird dude if you listen to me. But honestly, like, a lot of times I'm just looking at it like, yeah, but but for what purpose? For honestly, what purpose? Honestly, I did figure out an interesting way to run a succubus, though. Hit, hit me with it. The best, I think, way to, to look at the succubus is not to run it as sort of, like, this thing that, like, does the does the sex and stuff. The way you think about it is that it's an insidious corrupter and it uses your lust as a tool to corrupt you. So what is it that you lust? Well, the, the succubus uses sexuality as a mechanism of control. Right. We're going to e-Michael Jones post a bit here. So that's what the succubus does. My favorite kind of posting. Go ahead. E-Michael Jones? No. No, I mean, you, you you set up the succubus. The succubus doesn't have to appear as some, like, saucy barmaid. The succubus can appear as a, a chaste and pure-looking girl who, by the by, will slowly corrupt the player as a, as a malign influence. Mm. Turning those wheat fields against you. Ostensibly, yeah. Think about it this way. Why, why run the succubus simply as just, like, horny fat bait when you could use it more like the layer blade from like uh, Fulgrim that that influenced more of my thinking about like succubi than anything else was like looking at like how slaneshi demons operated in Warhammer 40k right why why would a why would a demon of lust just immediately like try to influence why would What's the fun in that? What's why not totally corrupt and totally vandalize the soul of the hero, right? I think that's a more interesting way to play it, at least. I'd have to agree with you. And it does move away from like the entire like oh, lol hot demon chick lol meo. <laughs> right. It's in a whole lot more insidious <laughs> and very well, threatening. Yeah. Within the game, too. All right, so you got anything else? Uh, yeah, just a word of note. If you're playing in my D&D game, which maybe a couple of you are, no metagaming. I will know. <laughs> I've been doing this for almost a quarter of my, uh, like, for almost a quarter of my life. I will know. 
It's like it's like adjusting the temperature. This is this is not this is like this may not be your first rodeo, but this is like a routine for me. <laughs> Role playing games in general. Now I'm not very good at D twenty, but do not be fooled. And the other thing we we just trash talked recording D and D stuff, but we may end up actually recording this and posting this somewhere. So you all can listen to me try to run a game for a bunch of people that I'm fairly certain are just gonna get drunk and shit post the entire time. So uh hurting cat. I'd listen to it. I, I I'm sure you would. Uh, <laughs> you sit here and you listen to me and we have a conversation. <laughs> you're in like a you're in that like tenth percentile of people that will like, hey, this this mongoose guy isn't totally frustrating and his laugh is just grating enough, but not enough to the point where I wouldn't listen to him anymore. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, you know. Normal yeah. stuff. Absolutely. Alright, so uh All right. With all that out of the way, everybody just enjoy yourselves. Uh, have a great Czechoslovakian American Heritage Weekend. I'm actually I'm finishing up my uh, third martyr here. So anyway, awesome. uh, yeah, no, have a have a great have a great uh, great week. Have fun. Uh, don't cry too much, and uh, remember to remember to mourn the loss of the uh, MG Wiki. So mm. we'll see you around. Pouring one out for my homies right now. Peace. Peace. Yep. See you guys. See you around. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, mm-hmm. Bye bud. <laughs> okay, we're gone. 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 Okay, we're gone.